The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. Tuesdays here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. Hope you do it all right. We trudge forward for Saturday, Nebraska, Michigan. And uh, welcome to spend some time talking about the matchup. We'll hear from some of the coordinators and one of the uh, famous folks that'll be on hand for Nebraska, Michigan Speaks Out as the uh, Bussin' Boys set to descend this weekend as well. Numbers to get in today with Hale Varsity Radio, 489 Toll free where you hear us across the state. You can always fire up the stream and get involved that way. The Hale Varsity YouTube channel, Hale Varsity Radio, Twitter at HVarsity Radio. You can watch the show both ways on video. So, guest slide up today. Mitch Sherman is with us at 425 from The Athletic. Really good story from Mitch. Many good stories from Mitch, but talks about the uh, the, the crossroads with Nebraska's offense. And uh, that is a big-time concern for Saturday. What can you expect? What can you get on the offensive side of the football? A lot of players spoke today, too. And uh, I like the confidence. And they're not egotistical. They're not uh, cocky at all. They're just confident. They're, they're confident. I think they're, uh, they're excited to play. I don't know, and we'll dive into this, where, where the fan base is at for Saturday, what your excitement level is. But we'll spend some time with Mitch Sherman uh, in about 12, 15 minutes or so. In hour two, it's going to be one of those – well, physical fullback type of ball games, and let's talk to a great fullback. Tom Rathman will join us, uh, Husker Hall of Famer, San Francisco 49er Hall of Famer, uh, 31 years in the NFL, great years in Lincoln, of course, in the 80s, and he also coached with Harbaugh in San Francisco. So we'll get his perspective on Nebraska, we'll get his perspective on his time with Harbaugh, and just uh, that, that blueprint we touched on a little bit yesterday, that Harbaugh blueprint that uh, Trev Alberts mentioned last night, that Michigan blueprint, what Nebraska's going after here in this rebuild with Matt Rule. Also at Hour 2, noted Husker fan, radio host, New York Times bestselling author. We'll get Lars Anderson's take. He's a big, big red fan. And what does Lars say about Saturday? So that's the lineup for you. You can also watch the show on our uh, YouTube channels and the Facebook channels as well, 489-1240. So it's going to be all sorts of crazy this weekend, packed house, hot temperatures, and uh, number two coming to town. So what does El Presidente think about Nebraska? Uh, You have Dave Portnoy of Barstool weighing in. Of course, he's hooked up and linked up with uh, Mr. Will Compton, Taylor Luan, the bussin' with the boys. We get a kick out of those fellas. They do a great job. Well, uh, Portnoy trolling a little bit 
And uh, it, Lang, it, it and, should be and, noted, he's friends with both Lawan and, and yes. Compton, who have the rivalry. But uh, Dave Portnoy himself is a University of he's Michigan a, he's alum. A, he's a proud Michigan alum. Very proud. So yeah, and, and he and he shows that, or you hear that proudness anyway, in this Twitter posting a little bit earlier today. All right, this week, big week. I am so 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 excited to finally head to Lincoln, Nebraska. Michigan, Nebraska, we Will Compton, Bus and Bowl. I said we would never go to Lincoln, even though I've wanted to, because I know it's a great football town. We'd never go till Nebraska was good again. I threw that out the window. That's how bad I want to go experience a game in Lincoln. The black shirts, and even though I'm a Michigan guy, even though I graduated from Michigan, even though we're number two in the country, I'm with the Cornhuskers. I'm with Big Red. We got these shirts. I'm on board. I don't need Nebraska to be good again. I don't need them to be great again. Let's just make Nebraska mediocre again. Let's go Big Ten. Keep it close. Keep it close, Nebraska. Let's keep this within 10 points going into the fourth, and that's a win. Let's make Nebraska great again. Will Compton, rule. Let's do it together. Just mediocre. That's all we ask for. Make Nebraska mediocre again. We'll see you in Lincoln. I can't wait. So, would you say Nebraska's mediocre? Right now, 2-2 two and two is 500. That's average. Uh, when you look at the, uh, the, the numbers, uh, the, the defense is not mediocre. The defense is good. The defense is uh, forceful. The special teams unit, work in progress. The offense, an absolute work in progress. And that, that shirt that he's hawking, the black or the red version, similar to the MAGA stuff, uh, you know what? He's he's going to get a, re- a reaction. There's there's a ton of folks who listen and, and follow along with his creation. There's a ton of fans there for the Bussin Boys, and and I get it. And yeah, make Nebraska mediocre again. That that stings. But the last few years, Nebraska's not even mediocre to me. Is five hundred. There's some good. There's some bad. There's some ugly. Well, and that that's the thing is this is I feel like it's supposed to be a little backhanded towards Nebraska. It's very bad. Like I'm rooting for you guys. You can be mediocre. Can you, we're, can, we're, you, can you keep it? Can you keep it interesting so you have my attention going into the fourth quarter? I think Nebraska fans are asking themselves the same well, thing. Well, yeah, I think Husker fans are in the same boat all off season long. You're like, what's the expectation? Six and six, five hundred, a bowl game. Husker fans want to be mediocre again too. Like, well, it's, it, it's, it, it's supposed it, to be back in in, in the long not, term. It's not staying mediocre. It's yeah. it, like this is step one of. Of, of many to get back to prominence. Prominence being challenging for conference championships. Prominence being a team that beats the hell out of the opponent and rules the fourth quarter, no pun intended. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is step one. But you, listen, you're, you're, the buzz level on this thing is, is lacking. Mm-hmm. And... Think two years ago, and I listen, I, I hate to go rearview mirror, but two years ago, what did you have? You had a heartbreaker against Sparty. You came back and dismantled Northwestern. And then how good how good a Saturday night was that in Lincoln with Michigan with the eyeballs watching? Heartbreaker, I know the the, the result wasn't anything that 
<laughs> you sign up for on Saturday night as a Nebraska football fan, but you were in it. You were on the verge. You were a <clears throat> turnover away. You were going down to win that thing against the college football playoff team. You had points. You had offense. You had moments of defense. That was a pretty high-powered offensive attack for both teams. You didn't have a great Nebraska defense that year. You had a serviceable to good uh, when it came to what they did that night, and that's take the football away from Michigan. I think they forced two or three turnovers that night. But problem is, is Nebraska, I think, had some some costly turnovers and penalties. You remember how insane that was. That was the unveiling of the light show where you had a little thunderstruck and some nirvana going uh it was the second rendition because i think the the week before you had the unveiling of of the uh the, the blow torches and the fireworks and uh, nebraska's night stadium extravaganza going into that fourth quarter and with nebraska having that moment two years ago and not closing the deal i mean it it Torked you off, and it was par for the course for 2021. Last year, you get drilled because uh, Michigan was even better, and now this is the third year in a row you're you're getting <laughs> you're getting Michigan, and they're coming in as as good as they've ever been on the lines of scrimmage, as good as they've ever been with a one-two punch at running back, as good as they've ever been with a quarterback that can manage and then go make some plays for you. And then you flip it around and they got that defense that they're breathing fire. And and it's, as a unit, number three in the country. And, and that's what you're going to get Saturday. I have no doubt that Nebraska's defense will keep Nebraska – in the game for a portion of the game. I have no doubt that if this thing is going to be in question or still a ball game by the fourth quarter, it's going to be some special teams. And Elijah, it's going to be the the physicality that Nebraska has continued to develop on offense. What what can this offense do with their their downhill run game? What can you get out of the passing game? Can you take care of the football? I mean, all those questions are going to need to be better than expected for Nebraska to be in this thing. They're just not at the level right now. I think the the effort and intensity will be there. They're just they're just two different programs in two different spots right now, and that is kind of taking some air out of what Saturday should be. Now, the the wild card for me, and we'll get to your comments here in the stream. I promise. Is is the is the twelfth man? Is is the is Husker Nation? Is is Memorial Stadium? How bloodlust filled on on Bloody Tuesday, as it's been deemed by the coaches today in the press conference? How how out for blood is Memorial Stadium? Is it Miami twenty fourteen? Is it as raucous as Michigan Nebraska twenty twenty one night game versus two thirty kick? I understand little difference in environment time allowed. But how off the chain is Memorial Stadium going to be with the fan base? Because I think the fans going in, are they going to absolutely support Nebraska? They're going to go in and, and be proud of the effort because I think Nebraska will give great effort. It's what mistakes follow with the football team because they've been mistake-prone. And what type of energy... 
is going to be brought or what kind of energy is going to be provided by the players to get the crowd involved? Well, it's Husker fans right now, from my kind of outside perspective, is it feels like Husker fans are waiting for that proof of concept game or that proof of concept moment from Matt Rules. You're you're sitting here at this Michigan game. You've seen it on one side of the ball already, I think. You've seen it on one side of the ball, but you're sitting there and and you're, I think, waiting for the fans that are going to be at the game, waiting for Nebraska to first shoot themselves in the foot. Because a little bit because Cause it, but, cause it's happened in Minnesota, it's happened in Colorado, and it happened for years prior to this. It's kind of the story of what Husker football is right now. And yeah, you took down Northern Illinois, you took down Louisiana Tech, but how much does that mean? Husker fans are waiting for that proof of concept moment that Matt Rule and this program have turned a corner. Maybe not to the level of of nine and three, ten and two, eleven and one, competing for the Big Ten West, and eventually competing for the Big Ten. Not that, but turning the corner from what was previously here because you didn't see Nebraska turn that quarter what was it in the the fourth quarter against Minnesota it was shooting yourselves in the foot whenever you have a chance to go win the game you end up losing it uh, by by doing too much trying too hard mm-hmm. Anthony Grant trying to, to do make something happen he fumbles the football and, and you blow it at the interception end. thrown yes. two inter- two yeah, exactly. and two killers and same story against Colorado you have a chance to take the lead what do you do you miss the field goal and then at the end of the half it becomes a turnover fest and you gift Colorado 13 points you're down by 13 that's still the story against big time competition I think Husker fans are going to be waiting for that on Saturday against Michigan but that can get turned on its head if Nebraska comes out firing and they give the fans something to cheer about I think that's where Husker fans are at right now they're like well we see it's Michigan we see the number two next to their name and we think that they're going to end up Let's be honest, demolishing this Husker football team because you haven't seen the Husker football team take that next stride under Matt Rule. When does that happen? Does it happen on Saturday? I'm not going to say it is. I think it's your next opportunity to, to have that proof of concept game to turn the corner, and that doesn't necessarily mean a win, but it means a much improved eye test from what it was under Scott Frost and what it was the first two games of the season in terms of self-inflicted mistakes, in terms of turnovers, in terms of just being able to play competitively. Uh, but this is what Saturday is. It's that opportunity to to have something go right early, get the fans on your side, and you know what, make it a game going down in the fourth quarter. Here's what my eye test has shown me. When you talk about turning turning the corner under rule and, and this staff and this team already through four games, I see a more physical team because of how they've practiced, and that's transitioned over. I've seen new players, and I've seen – existing players get better i've i've seen that on the offensive line is it great no but it's better and they're 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 improving all right and i'm also seeing uh, a fast and kind of fearless and physical defense that they they can give you time they can give nebraska time saturday against michigan to to try and get something going on on offense you gave a lot of time against Colorado for that to start happening. And then it did, and it was 13-7. to 7, And then what? You, you didn't get any more stops on defense. In yeah. fact, your third and long defense all year long has been problematic. You just worry about Michigan with their skill, with their ability, with their talent. Nebraska can can have really a, a good game against Michigan defensively, but Michigan can still hit you for two or three big plays. And then it's 17, it's 14, it's 21. What does your offense do? That's the big question. That's that's the air out of the big red balloon that I still wish flew at Memorial Stadium after a touchdown. That's the concern. That's the hesitation 
right now for Saturday for some in the fan base. And Cutter's a, a fan that's like, look, and he's in here every day, God love him. Cutter's like, look, Nebraska fans will be ready to go. We are due to get a significant win, and you could sell me ways that this could be the game. Michigan does not scare me like they have in past. Excited for Saturday. Good for you, Cutter. More comments. We'll get to them here. Can dial us up 489-1240. Mitch Sherman on the way with Hale Varsity. It's that time. Hey, Mitch. Mitchie. Mitchie, Mitchie, Mitchie. We're looking for you, pal. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Talking Big Red. Unleash the fury, Mitch. Unleash the fury! On Hale Varsity Radio. Coming up, uh, longtime Harbaugh assistant, Husker Hall of Famer Tom Rathman on the way. We welcome in Mitch Sherman from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman. It's where you find and follow him. Mitch, how are we doing? Doing well. Doing well. Making it through the week. How are you? Same. We're talking here about uh, outcomes for Saturday. And, and I know, Mitch, I want to start off with a story you wrote over the weekend on The Athletic about Nebraska's offense and, and the crossroads part of things. Because you're seeing, well, Nebraska finding ways – with the offense, with the option, with the quarterback run, and I'm wondering its application for Saturday. Yeah, it's an evolution, as Heinrich Harburg said in the postgame interviews, what's happened with this offense. And, and, you know, Marcus Satterfield talked today about how he's never been around the option and didn't spend time practicing and teaching the option in the summer when it looked like this Nebraska offense was going to have some different pieces, some, some bigger pieces in the past game than what it's got as we sit here heading into week five against Michigan. So I, I think you can see, people can see the direction that this offense is headed. And, and, you know, if you can't, it's, it's what you saw in the second half as Nebraska pulled away from Louisiana Tech. That's their strength. You know, whether it's best suited to be able to beat Michigan or not, and I would maybe say not, it's the, it's the thing that works for Nebraska right now with the personnel that it has. So you have to think about this game and what you're doing here in week five with an eye also on how to get better beyond the Michigan week. And, and that means preparing for the rest of the Big Ten and, and trying to get to that six-win plateau that can allow Nebraska to practice into December and make it over the hurdle to get to uh, get to a bowl game. It's Mitch Sherman with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, looking ahead Nebraska, Michigan on Saturday. And Mitch, if if the the win isn't the most important part of Saturday, what do you think is specifically from an offensive point of view? Because you have a feeling looking at this one, how Michigan's defense, how dominant they are, I should say that Nebraska's offense is going to have some struggles based on what we've seen so far this year. So what would a successful day for the Husker offense be if we're looking forward in the the longer, grander scheme of the season? Sure. Sure. I don't think that they're going to see it as successful if they do anything other than win. That's a a rally cry for this team. Um, And they're they're not, they're not going to go back on that. You know, a a one point loss is a loss. And I think that's, that's, that's an attitude that, you know, and Nebraska has said that before, 
in past years. They've not talked about moral victories, so I don't want to make it seem like they have, but I think it's been it's been reinstilled by Matt Rule to to require a standard in this program that Nebraska plays to. So I'll say that up front. But I do think that there are things that can come out of this game that would help Nebraska in the weeks ahead, even if it loses. It's not the intended or desired outcome. It's not something they'll be happy with. But maybe in looking back on the Michigan game, if they get to November and they're in a good spot to make a bowl game, they would say if they stand up with Michigan and put up a fight and show that they're ready to be a physical team right now in the Big Ten, if they continue to do the 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 uh, the, the core principle um, th- things that they've done in the first four games, and that's run the ball well and 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 slow down the opposing team's run, then I think that will that will help build some confidence. That will help them against Illinois and Purdue and Northwestern coming up. Uh, so you know that's that's those are those items are, are certainly not the objectives and the goals as they state them heading towards Saturday. But there are things, yeah, that can come out of this that benefit Nebraska, even if it's two and three as we move into, into week six. There is a, a short-term and, and long-term outlook for sure with the season and then one week. That said, we were just talking about how two years ago it was one of the more electric night atmospheres with an almost, right, against a – college football playoff team and I know Rule and crew aren't aren't rearview mirror but you you now have number two coming in it's not a night game it's a 230 but the, the the fan base right now just the the lack of buzz for this thing when I mean Nebraska's not had Michigan in town that often I think twice is it uh in in its it's history in the Big Ten, so here comes Michigan a third time before things really get crazy without divisions, and and they're number two. They're 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 a title favorite uh, up there with Georgia, and the the feel right now is just don't get embarrassed. That's kind of the the feel from from the fan base, at least the feedback we've gotten, or quite frankly that you're afraid to watch Saturday just because of how inconsistent or inept the offense has been, Mitch. Yeah, I think there is that general feeling, and you know, I think that that stems from the way that Nebraska has played offensively all year, but mainly in those first two games when the turnovers were coming in bunches. If Nebraska can take care of the ball, I do think that they play a style that would prevent an embarrassment. Um, it could still happen, and you saw Iowa get embarrassed with the similar style of play, and, and in the, the the play numbers were just eye-popping, the number of total plays run in that Penn State-Iowa game on Saturday night. It was in the 90s for Penn State and the 30s for Iowa. So that's a team in Iowa that's trying to slow it down and trying to uh, keep it methodical and keep things close so that they can be in the game in the fourth quarter. And then it got out of hand. And it doesn't usually happen to Iowa that way. It's, it's, those, are, those are rare games. It's, there's some things that, that Matt Rule – has emulated. There's some things that he takes, you know, from that Iowa kind of style. Not at, not in terms of the offensive production, but just in, as far as the methodical nature of using the play clock and going into a huddle and trying to keep 
his team in games when it doesn't have the, uh, the edge in talent with its offense. And that's going to be one of the objectives. It's part of the game plan, I'm sure, going into Saturday against Michigan is to keep it close. And if you can find a way to hang around into the second half, then it becomes a much shorter game. That's what happened two years ago in Lincoln. I'm not projecting that this time around, but uh, it, you know, it has to be what Nebraska's thinking as the, the hours tick away until kickoff. Mitch Sherman's with us here talking Nebraska-Michigan on Hale Varsity Radio. And Mitch, you talk about the Iowa performance against Penn State. I want to quickly get your thoughts on what we've seen thus far in both the Big Ten East and the Big Ten West. Not to zoom out from the Michigan game too much, but it seems to be a, a three-horse race in the East with Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. I want to get your thoughts on just which of those teams has been most impressive to you to start the year. And then over in the Big Ten West, it's another year of, of wide openness in the Big Ten West. And I want to get your thoughts on where Nebraska stands in those Big Ten West standings because it kind of feels like it could be anyone's show in the Big Ten West this year. Right. Well, in the East first, you know, don't kick Maryland out until they until they do it themselves. And I fully expect that that'll happen. <laughs> you, know, the, the, you know, the cream will, will separate. But Maryland's looks pretty good, and they're going to get their opportunity against all three of those big dogs. Right now, Penn State has been the best team. And I realize that Michigan is the highest ranked, and then Ohio State has the best win now with a victory at Notre Dame on on Saturday night. But Penn State has been the most consistent team, the closest to dominant that I've seen when I've watched all three of these Big Ten East monsters go at it. So, you know, I'll stick with my preseason prediction on on those teams was that they would go one and one all all three against each other, and I'm I'm sticking with that right now and if that's the case you know you get down to tiebreakers and and you know is there is there a team among the three that slips somewhere else in the conference i think there's an opportunity there's a chance that ohio state could slip somewhere else just because they haven't looked um they haven't looked as dominant but maybe they'll get their get their mojo back now that they escaped south bend with that win in the in the last in the last minute the last second of that game saturday night in the west you know wisconsin to me Based on the, the the victory at Purdue um, last Friday, you know I put them at the top, but it's you know it's um, it's not like steady ground that they're on. They they have a a bad loss uh, to Washington State, which is a ranked team, but it, what it didn't happen in the way that you would you would expect to see from Wisconsin. Minnesota's been been pretty bad um, and and really bad. In, in losing to Northwestern. I don't think that that is a sign Northwestern is a contender in the division. You saw what happened to Iowa. Illinois and Purdue don't look like juggernauts at all. So, you know, where does Nebraska fit? I mean, if Nebraska had won the game at Minnesota on August 31st, you know, even, even with an expected loss against Michigan, I'd say the Huskers were potentially right in it and somewhat controlled their own destiny. But it's tough to start 0-2 if that, in fact, is the case after Saturday in the Big Ten and claw your way back into a division race, even if it is a division race in the Big Ten West that's going to um, crown a champion with, with likely more than two conference defeats. I mean, mathematically, Nebraska will still be alive, but the margin for error is really slim, and I don't think that this is a Nebraska team that can withstand a margin for error that's really slim. So probably not this year, Nebraska, to, to go – to go play in the Big Ten championship, and after this year, you know you got to be one of the top two teams in the league. So uh, Matt Rule and his staff will have their work cut out for them to uh, to get to one of those games. 
Mitch Sherman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Mitch with The Athletic at Mitch Sherman. Mitch, before we say goodbye, what, what if you have to pick something that you're confident in with Nebraska's offense, what is it Saturday? What can they do uh, against Michigan? What, what's, what's possible? Well, um, that's a great question. They're going to try to be physical. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think that Nebraska as an offensive line, even against a great defense like Michigan, I think that they have an ability. I think they – I don't see them getting overwhelmed mm-hmm. in, in the run game. Is it going to be enough to score a bunch of points? No. But I, I think there's an opportunity for Nebraska to get some first down in this game, to move the chains. If Anthony Grant – uh, is is at his at at it you know if he's got his A game going, Michigan hasn't been uh, in the, the Georgia from the college football playoff last year. I mean they have it in them to be maybe the best defense or one of the best two defenses in this in this country, but they haven't been dominant for sixty minutes every time that they, that they've played this year. So I'm not confident really in a lot of much of anything. Uh, Chris, about what Nebraska is going to do offensively, but I, I'm, I'm confident that they're going to try to run the ball. And I think that, you know, for a portion of this game, you may see them have enough success just to keep Michigan from uh, from running away and, and with from from you know getting the ball back after every three or four plays for Nebraska and just putting that game out of reach in the first half. Mitch, we'll talk on Saturday, bud. Thanks for the time. Okay, thanks a lot. Take care. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks to Mitch Sherman for hanging out, talking Nebraska, Michigan, 489-1240, 489-1240, or 800-825-5865. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal can find the podcast, Hale Varsity Radio. Download, subscribe, and uh, give us a follow. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, easy for you to do and can always watch this show, do so uh, when you check us out on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Uh, all sorts of easy ways to do that. Or the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. Reminder to get buckled up. Use your seatbelt. It saves lives. It prevents injuries only if properly worn. Buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Robert's been on hold. Robert, welcome into Hale Varsity. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm just wondering why are some of the previous callers so scared of Michigan? Michigan hasn't played anybody. They've played UNLV, Bowling Green. Uh, ain't nobody, nobody good. They've played all their games at home, and they're finally going on the road. And I, I think our fans here can make it a hostile environment for them. Nebraska, on the other hand, started out on the road against two, you know, okay teams pretty big names but nonetheless on the road so we've already been through that where michigan hasn't been on the road yet and again they haven't really played a very strong schedule i'm, I'm not afraid of michigan here's the thing robert Robert, good for you one one thing i will say though michigan led the big 10 in terms of returning production last year 81 percent of their team returned they went to the playoff among, among their starters in the team mm. that returned to the playoff that includes Four offensive linemen, your quarterback, your top two running backs. Uh, let's see, two members of your secondary, both your leading tacklers at linebacker who started last year, and then four 
of your five defensive linemen who got significant snaps last year all returning from Michigan. That's why I think people are scared of Michigan because that was an undeniably great team last year. They went 12-0, and went to the playoff, and they got back almost all of their, their key players from last year. That's what's and, and who, who who did they play last year? That what was their big quality win last year? Ohio State and what else? Ohio State kind of does it for me, but <laughs> well, it, also the fact that they beat it, Nebraska by thirty. Yeah, severely. I mean, if you don't play anybody until you play each other, a la Ohio State and Michigan. I mean, it's kind of like Nebraska and Oklahoma used to be. We'd beat up on a bunch of nobodies, and then pretty much just have to beat each other, winner goes to the national championship. That's a pretty easy road to hoe. What gives you – really flip it around, Robert. What what gives you confidence aside that Michigan's schedule has not impressed you? What gives well, you confidence in Nebraska? Well, Nebraska, you know, I, I really like Harbor. I think now that, now that we're past Sims, that we have a lot more confidence. Obviously, the kid can run. Mm-hmm. He's got uh, – deceptive speed out there in the open. He hits that corner, and it, it just looks like he stops for a second and then starts to run, and next thing you know, he's gone. And I really like Fedoni blocking on that end. I, I just I, I like us. I think we're gaining confidence, and again, the home crowd. You know, if the home crowd gets loud and makes it tough for Michigan every play, not just on third down, every play, we, we can be in this thing, and you never know how that ball's going to bounce. It can things can happen, and and you pick up a little steam, and next thing you know, you got them. You need some momentum. You have a little bit of that with two wins going into this. You've got better confidence. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree with you there, Robert. Just a tall task based on what's coming back. But I think that's the wild card. I think I think the I think the crowd is the wild card. The last two Saturdays, it's not been as juiced as it could have been, but it might be. Uh, overflow uh, juice wise for this Saturday we'll see I'm not sure how how the crowd will be if they're going to be carnival out for blood or if they're going to be waiting for something bad to happen it's kind of just a bit nervous yeah we got to get over that mindset those those days are past we were already on track to win more games than we have in any of the last five years so Robert, appreciate the call. Appreciate you tuning in. 489-1240. Good for, good for Robert, man. Robert's like, bring on Harbaugh. Uh, Harbaugh got – he switched up. He had his presser today. And, and, well, what did he do during the Harbaugh timeout? Take a listen. Um, my wife got this YouTube TV. <laughs> It's like half the price of DirecTV. No offense, DirecTV. But uh, we're over there at YouTube TV now. And, uh, I mean, there's must be 150 games to watch. So, uh, you know, I'm in hog heaven uh, on a Saturday night watching, watching those games, uh, watching, watching a lot of them. And then you can go back and watch them again. If you didn't watch the one, you can – it's like taped for you right there. Uh, so, yeah, I was – I really, I don't know if I learned anything, but uh, you know, just just bouncing around, watching watching a lot of football. Uh, he was asked, "What'd you learn about Ohio State?" You know, because they they were on against Notre Dame, and well, what is this YouTube TV you speak of? <laughs> and it's cheaper. Can't you see him in timeout, just like mesmerized by all the options? Not to to do a a full non paid ad lib here for direct, for YouTube TV, but. He's just, he's funny. 
I mean, that was that same tone as as I'm leaving the men's room at Big Ten Media Days, and he's getting cornered by a, a reporter. What music do you like, Jim? Coach Harbaugh, who do you listen to before the game? And he's like, well, I, I, I like Hootie, and I, and I like Alanis Morissette. And uh, away we go. Uh, let's talk about Bloody Tuesday for a minute. Coach Tony White uh, dives in and explains what Tuesdays are all about. This bodes well if you are thinking, like Robert, that, that Nebraska can, can come into this thing Saturday and have a, a fighting shot. Okay, it was it's bloody Tuesday, so my voice is gone again. Oh man, physical! You know they have a day off; they're running around, so it's uh, it's it's really physical. A lot of competition, ones on ones, you know, ones on two, stuff like that. So uh, sets the tone for the whole week, you know, because uh, everything is about practice. So it's a uh, it's a physical day. Gotta love it. That's that's what will give you a chance Saturday. But to Mitch's point, that is what's going to give you a shot the rest of the season for bowling and beyond. Maybe it's six, maybe it's more, maybe you're fighting on Black Friday to get to six. But the the way they've gone after it every day in practice is going to make them better. And how does that stack up and stand up? I You know, I think the fans on Saturday, and I'm not questioning Nebraska fans because, I mean, I grew up going to games. I'm not a fan, not professionally, obviously. But I think that I think they can get riled up. They can get rowdy. But something good's got to happen early, mm-hmm. right? You know, the defense is either going to go out there and sell out and do their best, but something's got to happen good offensively or special teams early in that ball game. And and Michigan, Michigan's going to have to have a bit of an off game. It's possible that they can. They they look they they didn't look as locked in against Rutgers either, but there's so much familiarity with Shiano and Harbaugh, Elijah, that that's that's a tougher gig. It was like when Riley coached against Wisconsin. How the hell did Nebraska ever hang with Wisconsin as much as they did? But there was a lot of crossover. We'll make it in this next segment. The thing is about Michigan is even on an off offensive day. They can always fall back on that offensive line and that they rush can just, attack. They can to, just hammer you. Yeah, the defense, defense going to need some help. Tom Rathman knows Harbaugh well coming up in 10 minutes. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, our one, it's Hale Varsity Radio. Stream the show, Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Reminder about your friends at Dyer Law. Personal injury, have you been hurt in a personal injury accident you can count on dire law to provide you with a helping hand when you need it no matter what you're dealing with call dire law the team today at 402-393-7529 or visit dire.law to chat with a trusted professional about your personal injury claim that's dire.law dire.law 402-393-7529 Let's get to the phones. Mike with us here on Ale Varsity. Mike, go for it. Hello there. I just uh, called in to just remind everybody we got number 15 in the Wolverine uniform this year. He's probably going to be playing balls out against his former Husker teammates, Ernest Hausman. Ernest is good, Sorry, good, good, good ball player, man. It's uh, not a good thing that he's gone, but Nebraska's linebackers have been pretty good this year. Yes, they are. Created an opportunity for the neat young man from from Omaha Creek and Prep to step up, John Bullock. Mm-hmm. And I know their friends, know Ernest personally, and 
I can tell you, he's really looking forward to coming back to Nebraska and playing. It'll be interesting to see how he how he lights it up. You know, he had ten tackles against Michigan last year as a as a uh, true freshman, and uh, so I could see why Mr. Harbaugh would want him when he went into the transfer portal. So that's all I got. You guys do a great job. Hey, appreciate, appreciate you, Mike Thank from Omaha, signing off. Mike. Great show. God bless you. Take care, Thanks, bud. Mike. Appreciate you, Mike, for listening. And, and, and that's a, another important point that I made, that Michigan returned their top two tacklers last year in the linebacking core. And then here's Ernest balling out. <laughs> that, that's Jun- Junior Colson, a senior, and then sixth-year graduate student Mike Barrett. Mm-hmm. And both of those guys have been conceding snaps to Ernest Hausman over the past couple of games. Ernest Hausman's getting a bigger and bigger share. So that just kind of shows you what Michigan is. And that's a team that returned 80-something percent of their starting production from last year. Can I, can I say something about, 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 about Ernest? Is, I mean, when he left Nebraska. That was tough for Nebraska. He looked at Iowa that has produced NFL linebackers as well. And of all places to go land, why do guys leave? You always wonder that. And, and Ernest left to, to want to go win. And, and he picked the place that, <laughs> good luck trying to crack the, the, the lineup, mm-hmm. as stacked as they've been, as well as they've recruited, and, and he's done it. He's, he's incredibly talented, and we loved our conversations with him last year and wish him nothing but the best. And, you know, Nebraska's uh, a squad that has done well. Uh, Dvorak and, and Coach White and that defense, man, they've got some, some linebackers. And we'll, we'll know more, maybe, uh, for sure before kickoff, but maybe by Thursday, you, you want a guy like Reimer playing for you on Saturday, and we'll see where his injury situation is. Bullock's played well. Uh, Mikhail's been uh, just tremendous. Get out of New Jersey. He's been a lot of fun to watch. And Henrich has come back and done well uh, after his injury. So, no, Nebraska's front has been – uh, a really nice surprise from a standpoint of how they've remade themselves and how effective they've been with, with pressures and sacks. And that 1.6 per carry is elite. That, to me, and I'll say this, but even if Nebraska gets beat up a little bit by Michigan, that's probably going to be more of a credit to Michigan than how good that, they that's are. That's what I was going to go. Michigan's offensive line last year, I hit it last segment. They returned four starters. They won the Joe Moore Award last year for best offensive line in the country. They lost their center, who was fantastic, but they returned a ton of that offensive line. Tom Rathman, Husker Hall of Famer. What's he have to say? He's up next. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal can stream the show. Hale Varsity YouTube channel and the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio and wherever you hear us across the Hale Varsity Radio Network. We welcome in. He's a Husker Hall of Famer, a great at the fullback position, two-time Super Bowl champ, 31 years in the NFL, 22 of which with San Francisco and uh, the great Tom Rathman joins us. Been a busy travel day. Coach, thanks for a few minutes. How you doing? 
Hey, I'm doing great. I'm standing here at Home Depot trying to return a mirror, so I can do two things at once. So let's roll, baby. <laughs> Go did, big red. What, what did you do? What did you do to the mirror, or did it just? I was didn't it... do anything. I had it delivered last week, and uh, my daughter got it. And when I got there, you know, she said it sounded a little shaky, and then I came home today and turned it up, and I like that doesn't sound very good. So I'm standing here in line just returning it. So, it's funny. Last time I, I returned a mirror. Things at once. I can talk ball. And... <laughs> we we love you for doing that. And, and you, so hey. how how's the line at the Home yeah. Depot, though? Is it, is it bad, or are you the guy on the phone right now while you're trying to return something? No, uh, I'm the guy on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to ask well, you. You know, it, it, I just want to quickly say yeah. it's funny because last time I returned a mirror, it wasn't anything wrong with it, except whenever I looked in the mirror, something was wrong with it, because the guy I was looking at was super ugly in the mirror, and that couldn't have been right. It was, it was the mirror, right? Yeah, was, something was wrong with it. Yeah, I couldn't look in it, so I didn't get to see myself, so see how ugly I was. Well, I am. Hey, it might be a, a, you know an ugly football game to some, and it could be a throwback game for others Saturday in Lincoln as Nebraska and Coach Rule trying to – Take down number two Michigan and coach. I wanted to, to get your perspective. You spent uh, some good years with Jim Harbaugh uh, at San mm-hmm. Francisco, and and just kind of get your your thoughts on on the the type of coach Jim is and what makes him tick. And Nebraska, you know, Trev was talking about it last night. Trev Alberts about the that I mean, Michi- that Michigan blueprint that that rebuild that physicality they have that's where Nebraska wants to go what sticks out to you about Jim well the thing about him is uh, he's got a great passion to win and he's going to do anything to make sure that his team does win um, I would say that he's a de- very detailed guy and uh, I think his operation shows that and uh, I know just talking to some of the people at back at Michigan, I, I talked to Tom Gamble. He does some of the recruiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he used to work for the 49ers in the personnel office. He's working with Jim over in Michigan now, and he's saying, because he called me and said, hey, we got a fullback. We'll just sign a fullback. He's a great fullback. You know, we're going to make him into Tom Rathman and all this. So, And he told me that this was one of the best teams that they've uh, had in a long time. So... Um, it's going to be a tough test. What, what have you gleaned from Nebraska? I know you keep an eye out on him, and, and you know the defenses look good from our perspective. We, we've seen him twice on the road, and both times in Lincoln, the offense is still trying to kind of find their footing. What, what mm-hmm. have you? What have you thought of of what you're seeing from Coach Rule? Well, I, I think it's a work in progress. Uh, to, to, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, you know the defense has got a little head start of the offense. Uh, you know the whole key to winning football game is you can't make mistakes and you can't turn the ball over. So, and I think you know just watching them on offense, they've been making too many mistakes and they've been turning the ball over too many times. So, when you do those type of things, I mean you're just you know you're beating yourself to be honest with you, and you can't win football games like that. 
Tom Rathman's with us. Hail Varsity Radio. Coach Rathman is in line at a Home Depot returning a mirror while talking Nebraska-Michigan with us. And uh, God love him for, for doing two things at once. So I'm done with the mirror, so <laughs> you got me yourself. He just he just uh he just said, Hey, take it back, we're good. You yep. were were a stickler as 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 long as you coached, you coached some great running backs and when you retired a couple of years ago, so many guys that played for you at the running back spot came forward and, and really shared their their thoughts and love towards you. You were, I'm sure, uh, very direct with them about taking care of the football. Tell me how you you coached that when it came to ball security. Well, it comes, I mean, to me, that's just one of the basic fundamentals of the game, is taking care of the football and knowing how to take care of the football. You know, it all starts with the four points of pressure, obviously. Um fingertips over the tip of the ball and that's like a eagle claw the ball resting against the forearm that elbow is the critical one number three that it's locked down to the side your rib cage and then the ball resting against your uh, rib cage uh, under your pectoral there's some techniques with the wrist above the elbow um, there's body ball boundary meaning Get the ball on your outside arm, keeping the ball away from your pursuit, so you can use a stiff arm. So you got to be able to carry it in your right hand, and you got to be able to carry it in your left hand when you're going those directions. Um, and then you got to squeeze it. Mm-hmm. I think uh, those things I've been preaching. And the last year I, I was in the league, we led the league in not no fumbles. Mm-hmm. So not no fumbles, but we were the lowest. Uh, fumbling team in the league uh, my last year. We got better every year I was there at Indianapolis. So we were in the top five every year. So, But, I mean, there's a premium on that. And, you know, if you're not doing it, you're not winning. Mm-hmm. So, Coach, uh, a thought on, on Nebraska doing more option football with their offense. Harburg's come in and ran it well. We've not seen a pitch yet. That's all right. If you're a Nebraska fan, he's been able to get pretty good yards per carry, but do you like seeing option football back in Lincoln? Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the game. And, you know, just watching their last game, they, they're running some plays that we ran when I was there. You know, they were running that 40-41 uh, pitch with uh, two backs in the backfield where you toss it and then coming downhill. Uh, they were running some sprints, uh, sprint loads, which is the option game. Uh, where you got a full back out in front of you. So they're, you know, trying to, I, I think that Matt probably, you know, got with Tom Osborne or something, or Tom said, hey, why don't you run the pitch and run, run the front load option? Those were two of the best plays that we had back in the day. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I, I did see them in the football game the other day. So, you know, you have to comment them for that, uh, just trying to get back to some of that stuff. It's Tom Rathman with us here on Hale Varsity Radio talking Nebraska, as well as talking Michigan. He spent some time coaching under Harbaugh uh, during his time with the 49ers. And Tom, tell me, in your mind, 
from what you've seen from Nebraska's physical nature so far this year, how close are they in that regard to being what a, a Nebraska football team should be in terms of physicality? I'm not sure how many chances you've gotten to watch the Huskers this year, but just what is your take on, on how close the physical nature of the football team is? Because they're going up against one of the most physical teams in the country in Michigan this weekend. I and mean, that's one thing you have to emphasize every day. And, you know, you pretty much get what you emphasize. And, you know, obviously, uh, you know, you take a look at their defense, uh, their defensive line in general. Uh, I'd take a look at those guys, and those guys are playing, you know, at a pretty high level right now. And then, you know, the back end of that defense, you know, is, is coming along with them. Uh, the offense, I think, is, like I said, it's a work in progress. I mean, uh, obviously, you want to win every every play. I mean, that sh- should be what you're striving for. And really, it's it's not that hard. I mean, you know, you sit here and say, hey, you want to win every play when you go on a football game. Well, all you have to do is you have to win the next play. And if you do everything that you're coached to do from your only point course footwork fit, I mean, I had – something for the running backs every play on every scheme it was mapped out so there's no way that they could fail i mean that's how i coached and uh um you know it was a lot easier for me because i played the game and kind of figured out you know what i needed to do you know as far as my footwork to put myself in a position if i had to make an adjustment you know what i'm saying (laughs) so uh those are the things that uh, you have to get to, the detailed of a system, of a play, and all you have to worry about is winning the next play. And if you do it the way it's supposed to be done and the way you're coached and it's coached the way that you want it, I mean, you can't get it. I mean, you're, you're going to get it is what I'm saying. Uh, at least that's, you know, I had success through my career as a coach you know, getting the players to play at those high levels with consistency. I mean, that's how I did it. Hall of Famer Tom Rathman, a couple more minutes with us at Tale Varsity Radio, Nebraska, Michigan, and, of course, uh, Coach Rathman with Coach Harbaugh for a number of years in San Francisco. Coach Rathman, what, what do you think about the crowd Saturday, the impact the crowd could have? Is that a real thing? Well, that's the one thing that they can make it hard on Michigan, you know, if they're allowed. And I would uh, advise all the people in Nebraska to go and, you know, scream your lungs out until you can't scream anymore because that's one of the advantages of being at home is that crowd noise. And, and the Nebraska Cornhusker fans, uh, they're, you know, fabulous. I mean, going back, you know, all the way back to the 70s, uh, they stayed consistent with what they're doing as far as cheering on the Huskers and, you know, we just got to get it cranked up this week. The uh, the, the folks uh, that are, are going, I think, will no doubt try and do that. There's a little bit of lack of buzz this week, Coach Rathman, just because of what Michigan is and where Nebraska's at right now. Well, we'll upset them, and then you'll bring some buzz. <laughs> you know, that's all you have to do. So, you know, I mean, if the players are listening to me, all you have to do is take it one play at a time and just win the next play and play your ass off and hit them before they hit you. You know, those are things that give you advantages, you know, out on the field. 
Um, so hopefully they they can do that. Tom, we had a caller last hour that wanted to talk about Michigan's strength of schedule so far this year, saying Nebraska's been tested against teams like Minnesota and against Colorado, whereas Michigan's played UNLV and Bowling Green. And you think there's uh-huh. anything to that? Michigan returned a lot of talent from last year. It was a team last year that played in the college football playoff, but he is right. They haven't really been tested this season. Is there anything to that in your, in your mind? I don't think there's anything to that, so don't even buy into it. Don't even say it. Because it's not true. So, <laughs> yeah, Michigan's, Michigan's pretty <laughs> good. Uh, they, these guys think this is one of their most talented teams mm-hmm. that they've had. And I know Jim Harbaugh, the way he coaches, and they're going to be detailed, and they're going to come out, and they're going to strike the Huskers, and they're going to hit them, and you know, they're going to get up and go back to the huddle, and they're going to come back and, and hit them again. And you know, whoever can take the punches and deliver the punches and uh, can – you know, hit them harder than the other guy. I mean, and they can take care of the football, play good fundamental football. I mean, that's a team that's going to win. Nebraska can win. Anybody can win. I mean, you look at every week there's upsets. So don't think that Nebraska can't win this football game. Uh, Michigan turns the ball over. Nebraska capitalizes on that. They play sound offense, defense, special teams, put a uh, – uh, you know, whole game together with all three phases of uh, the game, and uh, I, they can beat them. Coach Tom Rathman's with us, Husker Hall of Famer, 49er Hall of Famer, two-time Super Bowl champ. Coach, before we say goodbye and, and we'll let you get out and get you out of Home Depot, you, had, you have any other shopping to do? Let me ask you that. No, that was it. I was kind of disappointed in that, too. I was looking forward to seeing it, and you know, it was a nice mirror that had lights on the outside and <laughs> had steam. And, you know, I just, Ooh. so I had to bring it back. They're going to deliver it again. So All right. Hopefully we'll have better luck next time. Well, Tom, Tom, I mean this in the best way possible. You do strike me as the kind of guy that could kill an hour at Home Depot just wandering up and down the aisles and giving some advice to people who look confused. That, that That's a compliment uh, in my mind. Well, I'm not afraid to put myself to work, you know. <laughs> and those are my hobbies that I do now. So... I painted my daughter's house about two weeks ago. So painted my house probably about six months ago. So uh, do a little bit of that work. I like it. Good. I, I Tom Rathman, uh, painter galore. I, I like it. So uh, last thought here with, with Coach Harbaugh. What was your first interaction with, with Coach Jim? Was it at that Fiesta Bowl? Was it just in the NFL? What, what do you remember about meeting him the first time? Well, I mean, I didn't really know him when we played him, yeah. you know. So, but uh, the first time I, I saw him was I was sitting in my office at San Francisco, mm-hmm. and we have gra- glass walls and it's in a, in a square, and we have a big table in the middle where we meet as a staff. When he came in, and he was sitting down at that table facing my uh, facing my room, mm-hmm. and I had my screen right on the desk, and I was looking at my screen. So he all of a sudden says, hey, Tom. And I look at him, and he says, wake up. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, hey, I'm watching film. <laughs> oh, that was my first interaction with him. So. Watching film. Coach, we'll do this so, again. Always love uh, spending some time with you, and thanks for making time today, Coach Rathman. You got it, man. Love it. Back in California, safe. So here we go, another week. All right, we'll see how the Huskers. Huskers. All right, Tom Rathman, coach, you take care. Okay.
you guys later. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. Back into it at Hail Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbert. We welcome in New York Times bestselling author, host of his own radio show, and down there in Titletown in Alabama, Lars Anderson back with us at Lars Anderson 71 On Twitter is where you follow him. Lars, it is Nebraska-Michigan week. I've got a seat for you, my friend. Are you making your way northward? I wish. Uh, I'm not going to be able to make it. I've uh, got some kid duty this weekend. But, um, hey, uh, you know, I, I like what Matt Rule's doing. And this is just from afar, mm-hmm. right? It, it takes time to install a culture. And, you know, I had a front row seat for in 2007 when Nick Saban arrived in Tuscaloosa. And it, uh, you know, the, the, the Alabama lost to Louisiana Monroe that first year. They went six and six. And, in, uh, you know, I've written two books about Nick Saban and about uh, specifically that year. And it's like he had to, to shake the bad apple tree to make the bad apples fall and leave the program. Mm-hmm. And the guys who didn't buy in and essentially with Mike Shula's players, then in 2008, they run the table in the regular season, get to the SEC championship game, lose to Florida. All right. In 2009, get back to the SEC championship game, beat Florida, and then go on and beat Texas and win the national championship in year three. Now, can Matt Rule do that same thing? Probably not. Uh, that's a very uh, accelerated and, and frankly, college football back then, and we're only talking, what, 13 years ago, 14 years ago, vastly different sport than it is right now. And I think all the changes that have gone on in the sport – um, but I, I think Nick Saban is just tired of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I think that is going to sort of uh, initiate or precipitate him leaving, uh, leaving the, the coaching ranks probably sooner than he would like, just because he's tired of dealing with the NIL, the transfer portal, you know, just all this other extraneous stuff that he didn't have to uh, contend with uh, just five years ago. But, I think uh, with Matt Rule, you know, the kids are playing hard. Like, I can see that. And, uh, and the effort level is just is really good. And there's passion. And uh, I think uh, Matt Rule, just he knows what he's doing. He knows how to build programs. And, you know, there, there's, it, to me, there's just a different feeling, different vibe than there was uh, under Scott Frost. And uh, and that's very welcome. Lars, to, to jump in, when, when we talk about look and feel and what your eyes tell you, I mean, he pretty much has followed through on what he says was, was going to happen this first year. The team's going to play physical. And they, they've been doing that in practice, and it's carried over to Saturdays. You've, you've seen that on the defensive end through four games. Uh, they're, they're kind of finding what they're maybe good at or okay at on offense, and that's 
some some downhill run. They're they're still limited at quarterback just from a passing standpoint. That's being nice, but they're 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 a work in progress on offense. And you you're seeing development. You're seeing guys that all right jumped on somebody's radar at some point in the recruiting world and had had maybe gathered dust or just didn't get a look. But they've gotten looks. They've gotten better. And, you know, the Nebraska fan base isn't super jacked as of, as we talk Tuesday right now about Nebraska-Michigan. You know, you grew up going to Nebraska games. Whenever number two would come to town, it was, it was a great Saturday because Nebraska had a, a fighting chance. And usually Nebraska had a small number next to their name as well. Right now, I mean, Harbaugh is the class of the Big Ten, although Penn State's really good this year, and Ohio State showed a lot in, in South Bend Saturday. But Harbaugh, his blueprint is, is something Rule talked about yesterday where you're just a killer on both lines of scrimmage. You practice physically, and you, you pay attention to detail. So I think that gives hope. You just have to have some patience in year one. And with Nebraska – uh, you're seeing it already on the defensive side. They killed it with their hires. The development's been good. The offensive side of the ball has been a little slower to come along. Well, yeah. Um, need a difference maker at the most important position, right? Quarterback. And uh, Sims gave the game away against Minnesota. He gave the game away against Colorado. Uh, you just can't have that out of your quarterback. And I don't even know why Matt Rule's entertaining playing this kid again. Like, he, we know who he is. He's a guy who doesn't take care of the ball. And when your margin for error is so little, like Nebraska's is right now, can't lose the turnover game. I mean, and look what's happened these last two weeks, right? Just take care of the ball. Take care of the ball on offense. Win special teams. Kick ass on defense. That's who Nebraska is. And uh, and so, uh, you know, I. I know, I know Sims has uh, supposedly elite talent, um, but just, you know, from outsider's perspective here, someone who's not in the Nebraska bubble, I do not understand why that kid ever gets to step foot on the field again. If I was a head coach, you know, you, you, you drill into him, don't turn the ball over. And, and that was his issue at Georgia Tech, right? And, he, and nothing's changed. So what leads you to believe that anything will change moving forward? Like nothing. And so uh, I would go with 10 uh, moving forward. And um, I know he doesn't have the skill set of Sims, but um, again, for how you have to do self-assessment, I'm sure Matt Rule is, of your team. And what is the path to victory, right? You don't, we don't want to keep the game close. You want to you know, win the game. How can you upset Michigan? And that is not turning the ball over. And, 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 and I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not sure how people feel about it in Lincoln. Um, no, not they're, sure. they're, they're with you. They, they, they don't want any turnovers either. <laughs> well, no, but, but do, do people want Sims to play if he's healthy? I think they're they're settled in on Harburg. Harburg I don't think they're completely throwing Sims away. And, and it's, it's a practice-to-practice, day-to-day thing. It's nothing's absolute. And, and that also means no spots are safe. So if Sims shows that he can take care of the football in practice and is healthy, he's had a high ankle issue, and you know how long that takes to heal. Those, uh, are, those are tough to get over. Right, and you don't want to run him out there too quick. Now, he saw one snap 
as Harburg's helmet flew off against Law Tech. And then got grabbed by that ankle and kind of hobbled off the field just right. a little bit. Right. So, but, you know, Sims has been a great teammate. He's, you know, he's doing the right things to your point about taking care of the football. The, the, the skill sets there, the decision making hasn't been. And right now they're riding Harburg, and he was good to go at practice as of yesterday or t- today, I should say. And I, I'm curious, does, do Matt, does Nebraska practice full pads more than once a week? They call it Bloody Tuesday for a reason. So, yeah, it's Bloody Tuesday and whatever, uh, what type of gore do we want to throw in as we approach October for Wednesday. But, yeah, they, they just, hit. You, you they see, hit. That, that, that makes sense to me because you see that toughness on defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is an elite defense. In defense, so often it comes down to attitude and will. Right? What are you willing to do? <laughs> how much pain are you willing to put up with? And how much uh, are you willing to sacrifice your body? And these kids are doing it, you know? And uh, it's just going to take some time. But I think we know what the formula for success is, right? It's going to be, uh, uh, yeah, and you made a great point. The blueprint is Michigan. Mm-hmm. You gotta, we got to play like Michigan to uh to uh, you know get back to an elite level in in the big 10 and nationally because you got to just control the line of scrimmage both sides of the ball uh power running and a capable quarterback little option football yeah capable quarterback who can make down the field throws and one or two dynamic threats on the outside you know and a really good tight end game and um you know that that's what michigan is and uh, it'll be interesting to see how Nebraska's offensive line holds up against that defensive front of Michigan. Michigan is not – they're beatable. Michigan's beatable. Nebraska's just going to have to play a very close to a flawless game. And like I said, win the turnover battle, win special teams, uh, win field position, and you know try to keep it close in the fourth quarter and get the crowd in full throat and see what happens. Lars, it's funny whenever you you talk about Nebraska and their goal kind of being a team like Michigan, like the, the qualities you laid out, I think are also similar to what Saban did at Bama, at least in the early years whenever he was running yeah. that pro-style offense, the fast physical defense. And you let off this interview talking about that 2007 Alabama season. I want to ask you, were there any, any moments or any games in that season, despite the fact that it was 6-6, six and six, where you could sit back and go, this Nick Saban guy, he's the one. He's the guy that's going to that's gonna save Alabama football. Were there any moments during that 2007 season that stand out in your memory? I mean, honestly, it was the, uh, the spring game. It's called A-Day. And I, I'd never seen anything like it. It was like 98,000 people showed up. And that was like, it was like a religious, like, revival you know, and, you know, and, and Saban has uh, descended from the heavens to come and 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 lead this uh, this religion. And, 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 you know, when you have the fan support like that and then uh, Mal Moore, the athletic director at the time, who had completely bungled the uh, search for a coach, it was so bad that his nickname inside the uh, Alabama athletic facility was Malfunction Mal. And, uh, you know, because he went after um, Rich Rod. Uh, and I've talked to Rich Rod so many times. And he, he jokes about it. He's like, how blank and stupid am I? I'm the guy that turned down Alabama. I'm the guy that allowed Nick Saban to become Nick Saban. 
Um, Rich Rod is awesome. Love that guy. Uh, and, 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 but then during the season, you just saw that they, they played with a different level of tenacity and intensity. And, and, and again, he won that first national championship with Mike Shula's players. Hey, on Forrest Lars, few minutes, more Lars Anderson coming up. Thoughts on Nebraska, Michigan, also the rebuild for Coach Rule and uh, some of those parallels with Alabama. But more thoughts. Uh, if you missed the Tom Rathman interview, great sit down with uh, the legendary Husker and uh, former assistant with Jim Harbaugh. Told the story about the first time he met Harbaugh. Uh, Rathman was awesome. Uh, live from a Home Depot is what he said. More Lars Anderson, though. Hour 2 continues on Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back in Hale Varsity Radio continues. Lars Anderson talking Nebraska rebuild and what went on at Bama. By the way, Julio Jones, far and away the most important recruit of the Saban era. I don't, I don't know if I've talked to you about this, Chris, but... Um, Julio was committed to Oklahoma and uh, Sam Bradford was there and Julio was going to catch a a gazillion balls. And then Nick Saban went down to Foley, Alabama, uh, which is uh, outside of Mobile, southern part of Alabama, and went into his home and just said, hey, you know you're good. I know you're good. We really want you. But you know what? We're going to win with or without you. But I want you. And that was it. That was the extent of his sales pitch. And Julio was just like struck by the fact that Nick Saban, he wasn't promising anything. He wasn't blowing Valentine's at him. He just was like very straightforward. And Julio was such an elite talent. Once you get Julio on board, other guys in the South are like, oh my God, Julio is going to Alabama. And that just started this cascade of of players coming to Alabama. And I don't know if there's a similar recruit that, that, uh, and this was in year two of Saban, right? Because he, it's the same thing with rule. Uh, Nick didn't have a chance to finish out that first recruiting class, but it was that second recruiting class, the class of 2008. And I, I don't know if there's somebody similar that Nebraska could land that could be sort of Nebraska's or Matt rules, Julio Jones. But I think it's really important because high school kids talk, you know, and it, it really takes just like one recruit to be a program changer. And uh, that's what Julio was in, you know, hopefully for Nebraska fans, myself included, that Matt Rule can find a similar type of guy. You know, the, the Sue get was monumental with what he became. You look at Turner Gill uh, back in Nebraska history, Tommy Frazier, obviously, and, yeah, I mean, Nebraska's put a good class together. They've done really well in-state, and the talent level of, of in-state Nebraska has really skyrocketed where programs, Notre Dame, Alabama, I mean, the who's who of college football are, are coming into to the state of Nebraska, be it rural or the metros, and, and kids are, are impressing. Uh, you got a kid on, on the field now that was the, the number one tight end recruit in the country, Thomas Fedoni, he's – 
battled a couple of injuries, but he's really showing up now that he's healthy and getting a chance to play. And then in the class of 2024, you have the number two tight end recruit in the country in Carter Nelson. Who's right, committed. he's out of... Out of what, what, what accounts for this, you, you guys? Why is the level of uh, the caliber of athlete, the caliber of football player so much better now in the state of Nebraska than it was, say, five years ago? Well, maybe a couple of things. One, you I mean, you've got Huddle, so everyone can see everyone. So you're being discovered. You've got social media as well. But two, you've got training facilities. I mean, uh, Brandon Kenny's doing a, a training facility. Steve Warren, Warren Academy has been incredible. A lot of the blue chip prospects have trained with Steve for a lot of years. Kids are just bigger, stronger, faster, says the old guy in the chair here. And uh, <laughs> and, and they're multi-sport guys. I mean, they'll, they'll play basketball. They'll play football. They'll they'll do baseball. They'll, they'll do track. There's so much track and field, and that's that's one thing Rule's honed in on. His identity is not only going to be physical on the lines of scrimmage, but he wants the, the track stud and track athlete that's got that explosive speed. Uh, you're going to see, maybe not this year, or may, maybe towards the end of this year, Elijah, you can jump in on this too. I mean, he really did well with some, some wow athletes at the wide receiver position. Nebraska's limited right now with what they have, because some of the freshmen aren't, aren't quite ready to go. But in future years, I think you've got the possibility of uh, that wide receiver slash track star that, that's football tough uh, to make their way on the field. So Nebraska's not quite ready yet for – well, they're really ready for that athleticism to be on display, but the, the, uh, the learning curve has not been met yet. And so that's, that's kind of a working progress. Have you guys studied what – rule was able to do at temple and then what he did at baylor and what the similar patterns were and then you know and then how he's applying all of that to what he's doing now are you seeing that take shape he's been able to focus in i think he's able to to recruit at a a higher clip a higher level a higher star rating at nebraska than he ever was at baylor and he ever was at Temple, but what he did a great job at both spots was identify. Uh, they identified and then developed, and it, it worked out well, but also credit to Nebraska's strength and conditioning. But the one big difference I think you see between Baylor and Temple and Nebraska is it's still that same eye for talent, that same evaluation, but at Temple and Baylor, those freshmen were getting it on the field early at a higher clip. You have a couple guys for Nebraska that have made an impact early. You want to see more from the offensive side of the ball of young guys making an impact because that was the the blueprint at Temple and Baylor. You want to get those freshmen on the field early and often. Offensively, hasn't quite been there. Defensively, there's been a couple examples, but that's been the big difference is you've seen the increase to physicality. You've seen what they're doing at practice, but you haven't quite seen the, the next class of guys, the next, uh, I mean, the, the program builders foot Matt Rule wants them to be see the field just yet. Yeah, it seems to me that the talent is there, right? Uh, it, or it exists in areas that Nebraska can access, mm-hmm. but you gotta you gotta hit on them, right? And and it's gotta be you gotta develop. This is what I mean. This is what Nebraska is. You gotta develop three stars into four, mm-hmm. or maybe even five. If you get that rare four, develop him into a five, and um, and it, it can be done. But uh, Chris, you both you guys and Elijah you'll get a kick out of this. You know, I talk about Nebraska all the time on my radio show, all the time. And now uh, my uh, my radio partners and even callers 
My new nickname is Volleyball Anderson. <laughs> That's what we heard leaving Boulder. We were leaving Folsom Field. <laughs> and, 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 and CU fan was like, well, you guys, at least you have a hell of a volleyball team. <laughs> hey, I wear it proudly. And hey, so now I make awesome. it a point like to give volleyball updates to sure. <laughs> really just to agitate uh, you know, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the listeners and, uh, and my, uh, my partners. Lars, you got a prediction before we say goodbye? The uh, line is 17 and a half. Could be up to 18 and a half. Do you think Nebraska keeps it close? Does this thing go into the fourth quarter with a question mark, or do you think it's all Michigan Saturday? I think maybe 28-14 Michigan. You win special teams. You win the turnover battle. Uh, then they can be there in the, in the fourth quarter. But Nebraska just doesn't have the, the depth. They don't have the – elite athletes that you're missing some playmakers on offense yeah i mean that's the thing nebraska's offense is uh death by a thousand cuts right it's three yards four yards seven yards uh and maybe they'll pop you know one big one or two but this is not a uh an offense that possesses a lot of firepower and so then i i understand why you'd want to go with sims if he's healthy he's an all or nothing kind of player right boom or bust problem is the bus outweigh the boom so far and so i would again i would i would stick with uh, the guy who's won the last two games lars anderson best new york times best-selling author host of his alabama radio show statewide and can find lars on twitter at lars anderson 71 lars we'll do this again sooner rather than later awesome to get caught up thanks for giving us a few minutes today yeah, and it's uh, when Nebraska pulls off the upset, Chris, I'm going to have you on my show on Monday. <laughs> I'll be waiting a while. <laughs> All right, take care, you guys. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Good stuff today. Big thanks to Tom Rathman and Lars Anderson and, of course, Mitch Sherman, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, get the podcast, Hail City Radio. Subscribe, download, and uh, leave a comment. Happy to take the uh, the good, bad, ugly of the comments. And yes, watch the show, the Hail City YouTube channel or the Hail City Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. Our friend David chimes in, and David's locked in when it comes to the gambling and betting side of things. Let's us know that uh, Warhorse took in 92% of the bets on Colorado, Nebraska. That was in on Colorado. And you have the over-under right now at 39-and-a-half. Four games is what David's reporting to us. The total has been at 40, 41, 45, and 47. In three of the four games Nebraska's played has hit the under. And right now, the uh, over-under for Nebraska and Michigan's at 39-and-a-half. And that comes after one of the Sharps, according to David, in Vegas, put $77,000 on the under. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing uh, the I math... I wish I just had $77,000 sitting around to, to take to Vegas. If, if you're doing out. the math and, and you look at the spread, I mean, this thing's looking like a 28-10 to 10 number, right? Uh, and uh, we'll see. Where uh, Nebraska is offensively, that's the big question. Turnovers, production, what can Nebraska get going downhill? We'll get to a quick phone call here, time permitting, 489-1240. 
489-1240 or 800-825-5865. And tomorrow on the show, Greg Henson, Michigan Insider, going to join us. Evan Bland with the World Herald. Mr. Husker football, Mike Babcock, checks in with this uh, busy show Thursday as we're out of the single barrel in Lincoln. You're invited out four to six, so come see us at the single barrel Thursday, Friday. We hit the road up to the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill in La Vista. Come see us there just off the interstate, kind of by Cabela's and by Embassy Suites. So we're at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill Friday, 4 to 6. And then we are locked in with our friends Seth and Greg at the Bar, the Bar, this Saturday as the weekend edition of Hale Varsity, noon to 2 in front of Michigan, Nebraska, at the Bar, 1644 P Street. Come see us and uh, get vibed up. And then a Real Red Reaction follows immediately after Nebraska-Michigan from the bar, the bar. As uh, Bluto said in Animal House, it could be the greatest night of your life. <laughs> but you want to make it the worst. Sorry, that's a bad Bluto. Who's with us real quick? Should be interesting. We go to Kagan on the phone line. Kagan, thanks for calling. Go for it, dude. Hi. So, obviously, uh, Nebraska is looking to shock the world this weekend against Michigan. Um, Another team that is looking to shock the world to be Elijah's fantasy team. Elijah, you're off to an 0-3 start so far this year. Would you attribute that to playing possum or just sheer incompetence, or will you get a a win this weekend? Uh, So, this is my favorite. Who wins first, Elijah's (laughs) fantasy team or the Broncos? What was that? So who wins first, Elijah's fantasy team or the Broncos? You know, both have been absolutely pitiful up to this point. <laughs> um, I would honestly give it to Sean Payton's Broncos because he's looking like a hell of a lot better manager than Elijah is. Well, at least they play Chicago. <laughs> Elijah doesn't That's have true. Chicago next week. There is an old saying, <laughs> though. You, you can't win your league at the draft, but you can lose it. I may have lost my league at my draft this year. Get that tattoo needle fired up. <laughs> Keegan, thanks for the phone call. Back tomorrow at 4. It's Hale Varsity. Thanks for tuning in. A Huda Media Production.